Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. And you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. The Barclays ATB World Tour Finals are about to begin at the O2 Arena in London, and we're here to preview it. The draw is out, the groups are set, and we've got predictions for every single match. In hindsight, I'm a bit worried about what I've said about the world number one, I don't mind telling you. That's coming up, though, right here on the Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to a special preview of the Barclays ATP World Tour Finals at the O2 Arena here on the Tennis Podcast. We're recording this on Saturday night, just a couple of days until the tournament starts in London. The draw has been made in the last couple of hours and we're here to preview the tournament, including putting our necks very, very firmly on the line. I'm pleased to welcome Catherine Whitaker, who has been... uh, Uh, very carefully writing out her predictions for every single match score uh, that is going to take place uh, next week at the O2 Arena, and uh, and how confident are you feeling, Catherine? Because this is this is war between you and me, isn't it? Well, not very, quite frankly. Um, I mean, they're all there aren't any that are, are the, that you that well. There's only any that I feel particularly sure of. I mean, it's, it's the best eight players in the world isn't it and we know how tiny the margins are so not very but um 50 50 chance of winning the battle so um you see here was me thinking that Catherine Whitaker wasn't into false modesty and that uh, and that she was sort of you know not self-deprecating she was very straightforward but there she is doing down her chances right at the start here <laughs> the fact is game. she thinks she's going to take me to the cleaners here in the ATP World Tour finals predictions on the uh, on the tennis podcast well uh, I've already and, had and a preview I... of one of your predictions and it's it's questionable What's that? quite frankly I've already had a preview of one of your predictions and you have had a preview of one of my predictions yeah it was funny we started the the phone call just before we came on air the the phone call started with me saying oh dear i didn't realize the head-to-head between those two was 10-1 against the guy that i'm predicting is going to win um so uh, uh things that are looking a little bit worrying I, i've written out every one of my uh match scores between the, the players and uh, we haven't we haven't consulted at all we don't know what each other has said but uh yes just as i just as i predicted my semi-final lineup without and I should say this, without one of the top three players in the world in it, uh, I suddenly realised that his head-to-head against one of the players I predicted would beat him 
is 10-1 in his favour. So um, I'm, I'm now just starting to, to wobble a little bit in my in my uh, beliefs over what's going to happen. But uh, just to, to put you in the picture, the draw has been made today. It has um, assembled two groups of four players. Novak Djokovic, the world number one, the year-end world number one that we already know about. He's with Andy Murray, who uh, beat him in the US Open final so memorably a few weeks ago. Joe Wilfred Songa, who was a, a finalist, I think, wasn't he, last year, uh, lost out to Roger Federer, an absolutely cracking tournament Songa had last year. Thomas Burditch, who's uh, who's in rich form at the moment and uh, beat Federer, of course, at the US Open um, recently. Then in Group B, there is uh, Federer, uh, alongside David Ferrer, who's in the uh, in the Paris tournament still, uh, Juan Martin Del Potro, who's won back-to-back matches uh, tournaments rather in Vienna and Basel, beating Federer in the final in Basel, in fact, and then Janko Tipsarevic, who plays for the second successive year, albeit this is the first time he's got in to play all the matches. Last year, I think he got in as an alternate, didn't he, to replace Murray? So it's um, a tantalising prospect, in particular. Catherine, before we actually get on to our predictions, Group A, you've always got to have a group of death, haven't you, in any of these sort of uh, these sort of tournaments? And Group A is very much the tournament of death here, really, isn't it? Uh, uh, two of the Grand Slam title winners of the year, alongside two of the biggest hitters in the game. Yep, all players that are going to enjoy enjoy that fast indoor surface. Songa, we know, loves it. Reached the final last year. Djokovic. The best player of the year. The rankings have uh, have shown that Murray. Um, well, uh, is he the player of the year, Djokovic? Um, what do you mean by player of the year? I mean on the men's side. On the men's well, side, some, he's something I read. One, uh, so he's been he's been the best. I player know, of- I know. But something something I read a couple of days ago uh, from one of our colleagues, Christopher Clary, who's the New York Times tennis correspondent and is a very well respected figure in the game and, and somebody I, I have huge admiration for. He made the point that even though Djokovic is the year end number one and the rankings say he's the best player in the world. On the men's side, he doesn't feel like the player of the year. Who does he feel is the player of the year? He he made the point that he feels that there are a couple of other candidates who have who have had results and, and experiences that make you feel that they've had more of an impact than Djokovic has had. And and I think most specifically he's pointing at Roger Federer having won Wimbledon in his 30s um, and and the level of tennis that he produced on the way and probably even more so Andy Murray well, uh, given that he he reached the Wimbledon final followed by winning Olympic gold followed by winning the US Open. I think the standout achievements of the year have not been those of Novak Djokovic. I think the standout moments of, and achievements of men's tennis this year were Federer's Wimbledon victory, um, Murray's Olympic title, and then his subsequent first Grand Slam title. But the best player overall of 2012, you have to say, is Novak Djokovic, because um, I don't think the I don't think the rankings are doing him any favors. I think he's a deserved year-end number one. But I but I you know if I were to interpret Chris Clary's comments in sort of my own through my own lens, I would agree. And say that you know the the most memorable moments for me and the most significant achievements, single achievements on the tour this year have come from from Federer and, and Murray. 
Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Group B pits um, Federer against uh, David Ferrer and uh, Juan Martin Del Potro and Janka Tipsavich. I think Federer will probably be happier with his group than, say, the Djokovic or Murray will be with their group. Well, and, and, and Songer and Burdich, frankly, for that matter. Do, do, you, do you think that's fair, or do you think he would not allow himself to, 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 to have that No, I that think that feeling? is fair. I think it's fair. He's experienced enough to know, you know, that, you know, he knows the task he's got ahead of him. But then again, I'm not, I'm not sure how closely, how, how much the players will be looking into these draws. I mean, it's not quite the same as a, a grand, grand slam draw. These are the best eight players in the world. You're going to have to play three of the top eight players in your, in your group stage, ma- stage matches and there's no way around that. Um, so in a relatively easy draw is still, you know, it's no easy ride, is it? There is no really easy draw. I think probably if I look back over the history of this event, um, probably the easiest sounding draw that a player has ever had was I think was when Alberto Berisategui um, reached the uh, reached the final of the French Open, and he's a player I, I really enjoyed watching on clay. But taking him into a fast indoor court, particularly back in the early nineties or mid nineties uh, in Germany, and asking him to take on some of these huge servers, and and I think he 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 was losing by really lopsided scores. Um, that that was that was as uh, as much of a a sort of open goal as I mm. think any tennis player has had uh, to, to, to beat a guy, to play against a guy like Berisategui back then. Um, you don't get clay quarters, in inverted commas, just coming through these days and reaching this sort of tournament. And I mean, you know, people might say, well, what about David Ferrer? But he's so much more than a clay quarter, isn't he? He's, he's an all-round all court Absolutely. player now. Yeah, I don't think he would uh, take too kindly to being referred to as a specialist clay quarter because he spent the past past five years thoroughly no, proving. I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say. I wouldn't even say to his face, "You're a clay court specialist," and then try and run away because he's so fast. <laughs> yeah. He's he as as Jeff Taranga calls him. He's the everywhere man. I love that nickname. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, anyway. So I think we uh, I think we need to have some predictions. I think we need to put our heads on the block right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I can tell you that the first interesting note from my uh, from my predictions in Group A is that every single match goes to three sets. Oh gosh, me too. You sure you didn't find Does it? some weird way to copy my predictions here? Hmm. Well, I have been I have been um, I have been studying how to hack computers the last uh, the last few weeks. So, uh, well, so it maybe, just goes uh, maybe to show I did how, just take a little advance look at yours. It? it does, doesn't yeah. it? Right, come on then, ladies first. Off you go. Okay, what order? We... Who, who have you got for it's? So first of all, we're going to go for Andy Murray against Thomas Burditch, and th- this is actually the um, the tournament opener, isn't it? It's the one that's going to be at uh, one forty, f- uh, well, around two thirty in the afternoon, I think, isn't it? On uh, on Monday afternoon. Uh, they have a doubles match first and then they'll play the singles and it's Murray against Burditch and it'll be live on BBC Television and Sky Sports in the UK. Uh, so what have you got, Catherine? I think Murray will beat Burditch in three sets. I've gone for exactly the same scoreline. We have oh, not compared notes, folks. Let's just let's just make this very, very clear. We have not compared notes. We have no idea what each other has said apart from one result I've given away to Catherine and which she's laughed at. Um <laughs> <laughs> so we know about uh, w- that we both think Murray will beat Burdich in three sets. And I think my view on that is that he's 
you know, Burditch is playing well. He's got lots of firepower, and Murray will have his have his moments to worry. But I think he's just just tough enough, particularly with Lendl back in his corner. Agreed. To come through yeah, that one. I think there will be some dodgy moments, some some moments where the match could feel like it could turn in Burditch's favour. But I think Murray is tough enough to come through them all. Yeah, we should say at this juncture that uh, that uh, I'm establishing a point scoring system between Catherine and myself here. So you get you get one point if you get the uh, the result right, i.e., which player wins, um, and you get two points if you get the sets right, i.e., whether it was in three sets or in straight sets, and you get zero if you get it wrong. How about that? I think that sounds very fair. Yes, it does, doesn't it? And and in fact, um, you can have a go at this as well at home. And uh, basically, if you come up with, and I won't expect you to get every set score right, but if somebody out there can predict every single match result correctly, come up with the semis and the finalists and the winner, wow. we will we will we will be sending you a prize, and that prize will be a a signed program from the Stator Masters Tennis by all the players uh, that we, we come across. Um, there's all sorts of players like Tim Hemman and John McInerney and Goran Ivanisevic. They're all there. So you'll be getting a, a Stator Masters program sent to you if you, can, if you can get them all right. So send them through to us at Tennis Podcast on Twitter. We want to know which players are going to win the group matches, who's going to be in the semis, and who's going to win the tournament. Off you go. Anyway, here are our predictions uh, continued. We both think Murray will beat Bird in three. Djokovic against Songa. What have you got, Catherine? Djokovic to beat Songa in three. Oh, this is getting embarrassing now because <laughs> I've got the same. Okay. Yes. Um, so, what are you basing your, your assertion on there? I think Songa will play really well, um, but I think uh, Djokovic will just play that bit better, basically. I think it'll be a really high-quality match. I think it'll be a match that the crowd will love, but I think Djokovic will win the crucial points in the third set. Yes. Okay. Fine. All right. Uh, so we. I, I think. I think the same. I think. I'd, I'd share your views there. Uh, they've. Uh, they've had some cracking matches in the past. Of course, they. They met in the uh, 2008 Australian Open final, didn't they? And I think uh, Songa won the first set before losing in four. Indeed. Yes. And yes. Yeah. So. And uh, they've had some meetings since then, haven't they? And and Songa. Songa. We know he likes the surface, don't we? We know he plays well indoors. Um, and we know Djokovic is on on decent enough form, so um, I, that's one I'm looking forward to most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Then we've got uh, Andy Murray against uh, Novak Djokovic. We we what we what we believe will happen is that the winner, the winners of the first round robin matches on Monday will likely meet on Wednesday because that way they can then keep it open uh, on the Friday uh, for the final group matches so that there are no dead matches so to speak. So we think if uh, if those results happen as we expect them to then Andy Murray would play Novak Djokovic. What have you got for that one Catherine? I've got Djokovic to beat Murray in three. Ooh, well I've got Murray to beat Djokovic Ooh, in three. So finally. we're going against each other. There's the first uh, the first row between Catherine and I. Why, have you, why are you saying that? Uh, well, all will be revealed with my later predictions. But uh, again, I think it's going to be a cracker of a match. But um, I think by the merest toss of a coin or, or, a, or a let cord or, you know, by the finest of margins, I think Djokovic will come through that one. 
A little bit like that when they played um, a few weeks ago. It was in Shanghai, wasn't exactly, it? Exactly, exactly like that. Right. Yes, but that was a match Murray should have won, isn't it? We I don't. On that I don't think not exactly like that. I don't think Murray's going to blow anything. I just think on this one occasion, so many of their matches are decided by the finest of margins. On this one occasion, it will be Djokovic that comes out on top. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. Murray's going to win that one because he's going to do exactly to Djokovic what he did uh, at the US Open and in Shanghai, and he's got the X factor in his corner. Ivan Lendl is back. He will not. He will not crumble this time. Three times in a row he's lost matches from match point up. You haven't heard my future predictions for the tournament, so bear with me. I'm not discounting the X factor. Okay, okay. God, I can't believe we, we're, we're using an expression that is, a, is, a, is now coined uh, because of a, a cheesy, corny, commercial, musical television programme on ITV in the UK, uh, which neither Catherine or I watch. And uh, here we are using it in conversation on the tennis podcast. This is concerning. So, what have we got next? Thomas Burditch against Joe Wilfred Songer. Uh, I've got Songer to beat Burditch in three. And I'm feeling I pretty good got, about that one. I have got Burditch to beat Songer in three. Have you now? There you I go. I don't know. I See? just don't. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live, and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tie break or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam the strategy of the clay court tennis the way it challenges players and particularly now with legends of the game up against a new generation of young players i cannot wait be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on monday may the 20th subscribe to tennis channel plus to stream daily coverage of roland garros use promo code tennis pod 20 for 20 percent off your annual subscription I think Bird. I think Bird. It should be a damp squib again. I know he's on good form, but come on, he's on fire at the moment. I know, Burditch. but he's, well, he's been on fire power. before and then and then disappeared, hasn't he? So um, I, th- I think form is almost meaningless with with Birdich, or it has proven no, it to isn't. be in the past. 
Do you, no, you do no, you honestly no. have com- have serious confidence that Burditch will carry his form into into next week? Yes, I do. I you put do. his name emphatically down on my screen that Burditch would beat Songer in three, and then I panicked and went and had a look at the head to head, which didn't reveal an awful lot, to be quite honest. Um, so equal, there we are. It? No, pretty equal. I can't even remember. Bird. I didn't even look. Uh, a couple of other, um, a couple of other matches still to go in that group. So that's two we've gone against each other for. Um, Thomas Burditch against Novak Djokovic, and I have to say this is the one that. Uh, that had Catherine uh, laughing at my expense before we came on air. Yeah, Catherine, I've, gone, what have you got? I've gone for Djokovic in three. Yeah, I've gone for Burdich in three, and mm-hmm. uh, and I have to be honest. Uh, I looked at I, I, you know, my theory. I do have a theory, and I must explain this theory given the the fact that uh, that this result is one that will knock out Novak Djokovic from the tournament, according to my predictions. Mm. He won't even make the semi-finals. The world number one. And I, I can feel a bead of sweat running down my forehead as I, as I say this, because I think I'm talking absolute nonsense suddenly. Uh, but I've got to stick to my guns, haven't I? Because uh, without the aid of, uh, of looking at the head-to-head, which I subsequently discovered was 10-1 in the favour of Djokovic, I, I went on the hunch that Burdich would overpower Djokovic, who would be by then feeling a little bit fatigued and would eventually just crumble, as he has in previous tournaments at the ATP World Tour final. It's not been a, a happy place for him, really, the O2 over the last few years, and I suspect that's what's going to happen again. Well, I have to say, I think it's unlikely, um, but you could be right. You could, I mean, but um, it just who knows about it? I mean, obviously, he has the he has the power, the talent, the capability to beat to beat Djokovic. Definitely on that surface at this time of year, when you probably guess that he's feeling a little bit fresher than than the world number one of course it's possible i just think it's unlikely because of the nature of uh of thomas burdich as a as a tennis player at the moment i mean he he could turn it around but um we will see it makes it more interesting that you've uh that you've been well the kind word would be bold the not the kind word would be foolhardy in your predictions great Great. Well, that's three in a row we, we completely disagree with over each other. Um, so, um, you know, um, all I can say is if, if if I'm wrong, I'm closing the podcast down and never speaking to you again. <laughs> so that's that's how mature I am. Um, and the final round drabbin match of the group is uh, is is Andy Murray against Joe Wilfred Songer. I should I should stress we don't know at this stage whether it will be the final one in succession. Uh, we don't know the order of play for the week because a lot depends on on the results in the first match uh, on first matches on day one. Um, but that's the the outstanding match in the in the round robins that we haven't done yet. So what have you got for Murray against Songer, Catherine? Uh, Murray to beat Songer in three again i think someone will play really well and it'll be a great match but but murray's just not going to lose matches like that i don't think i think he's turned a corner oh he's turned a corner well you know he's lost three matches in a row from match point up don't you yeah i'm not panicking about that yet though if he does it again in this tournament then i think landall's gonna have to have a good strong word with him him but and and those are three matches that landall was not present for Ah, so, yes, that's say, the point. Yeah, the X-Factor. Yep, the X-factor. Here we go again. I am Simon Cowell. So that's Group A. Uh, on to Group B, where Roger Federer will take on David Ferrer of Spain. What, what have you got for that one, Catherine? I'm afraid I've got uh, Federer to beat Ferrer in straight sets. 
I say it reluctantly because yeah, I've got so much respect for David Ferrer and uh, I think, as always, he'll give it all and play really well. And I think the scoreline could be pretty competitive, you know, four and four, something like that. But I I just don't see a way that Federer is going to drop a set there. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I've got the same the same scoreline. I, I think one of the problems is, as well as it being indoors, it's, you know, it's if if it is the first match of the group, which we don't actually know whether it is or not, but... You know, if it's early on, then I th- I think that 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 is a difficult matchup for, yeah. for Ferrer because of his against, against a fresh Federer. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so uh, then sorry, we've we've got a, we've got Del Potro against uh, Janko Tipsarevich. So a real uh, a real contrast in uh, physiques between those two. What have you got? I've got Delpo in straight sets. Mm, and we seem to be sharing thoughts here because I've got the same. Sharing and, thoughts, uh, or yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I've got the same scoreline. I mean, I think that that is, you know, I think it's just a mismatch in terms of uh, of serving power, really, or, or serving angle for the physical stature of Del Potro, where the ball comes down from. It's just such a difficult match for Tipsarevich to to hurt yeah, him. Although I, he hits the ball hard himself, I, I, I think it's it's a lot of flat hitting. Mm, in I Del don't Potro's see it direction, being a match. He'll that, enjoy it. That Tipsarevich will enjoy particularly much. Um, so yes, uh, we're agreed there. I don't like this agreement stuff. Mm. Uh, I think I'm going to have to invent some uh, some reason to disagree with you. But uh, I, I can't I can't do it on the sake of uh, these matches because I don't want to lose. Um, so uh, anyway, next up we've got Roger Federer against Janko Tipsarevich. Tipsarevich, of course, uh, pushed Federer to five sets in 2008 at the Australian Open. So uh, he knows how to hurt him. I've got Federer in three. I've got Federer in two. I Ooh. think, uh, yeah, I think he will just carve Yanko up, to be quite honest, on these surfaces. I think it's going to be too much for him. Well, you could well be right. I mean, I definitely I definitely don't see a way for Federer not to win that one. Well, brilliant. That means that when he wins in straight sets, I get an extra point, don't I? Brilliant. Yes, if, if he wins in straight when? sets. The crucial right. word there. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. So we've also got uh, David Ferrer against Juan Martin Del Potro. Catherine, go. Uh, sorry, Ferrer again, but I've got Del Po in, in two in straight sets. That is spoken like somebody who hasn't checked the head-to-head between these two. I think I did, actually. But uh, uh, how unfavourable is it for, for Del Potro? I will look it up. But I have, I have Ferrer winning that match. That that's how uh, on that surface how, with with Ferrer knackered after Paris and and Del Potro coming in on back to back wins. When has David Ferrer ever been knackered ever? This man does not get tired. No, okay, okay right, yeah, okay. I'll give you that one. Well, he I don't get mean knackered. I mean, it's as simple un- as that. I, d- I mean, unfresh. I saw them play against each other. Um, in Miami earlier this year I was courtside and it was 6-3-6-3 to David Ferrer and then I saw them play at Wimbledon and it was 6-3-6-2-6-3 to David Ferrer on grass, on grass but Del Potro is far closer to the player he was in 2009 now than he was even a few months ago I think Mm. 5-2 is the head-to-head in the favour of David Ferrer Um, so I'm sticking with Ferrer there you go Ferrer in two or Ferrer in three? Ferrer in three, I've got down for that one. 
So uh, okay, we will watch with uh, watch with interest what happens. Um, we go down the list. We have Ferrer against Tip Sarich, which I think is one of the closest and most difficult matches to predict of the whole week. Uh, I'm very much agree there. I've got Ferrer down to win that one. Yeah, I've got Ferrer in three sets, but I think it's going to be really hard for um, some. I think I think it might be one of the best matches of the whole fortnight of the whole week. Personally, agreed. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it know, could be a cracker. Incredibly quick running between the two, big hitting efforts and drop shots and running things down and lobs and goodness knows what. I think it'll be a cracker. Uh, so we we agree on that one, and then we've got Roger Federer against Juan Martín Del Potro uh, as the other match in that group. Uh, which I've got Federer to win in three. I have the same. And I have to say, I actually wrote that down twice. Uh, I, I wrote it down with a different result initially. I, I, that's how unsure I was. Because having seen Del Potro against Federer in Basel recently and all those kind of things, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe this is the time when he starts to just turn the tables completely on Federer. But... I keep coming back to the fact that on this surface at this tournament, Federer is probably as effective as he is anywhere in the world. Absolutely, yeah. I do think it'll be close, though. I really do. I mean, Del Potro likes the surface too. He was a finalist um, in the first year, wasn't he, of the tournament, 2009, the year that Davidenko won. So um, yes, it does suit right. him, but Federer is just so at home, isn't he? It just suits yeah. his game. So where does that leave us with uh, with semi-finals? What have you got, what is your well, lineup for the semi-finals? I think we're in different shape with the semi-finals. We are, I've aren't got we? uh Djokovic uh qualifying in first and playing Del Potro qualifying in second. And then I've got Murray uh qualifying in second from his group playing Federer, the winner of his group. Okay, so but you're who, not going to have Djokovic do, in there, are you? Yeah, I, I don't have Djokovic there, and I don't have Del Potro there. So, wow. my semi-finals, uh, my first semi-final sees Andy Murray beating David Ferrer in straight sets. Mine sees Andy Murray beating Federer in three sets. Okay, uh, my second semi has Roger Federer beating Thomas Burdich in three sets. Another match that I have to say I was. Uh, questioning whether i whether i agreed with that but so but 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 i think federal will come through and i think we're, we're in for a murray against federal final what's yours i've got delpo beating Djokovic in three sets okay. leaving a murray del potro final right okay your result is murray in straight sets okay and i have federer to beat murray in the final in three so your winner of the title is Andy Murray. My winner is Roger Federer. Sounds like it, doesn't it? It does indeed. So there we have it. I, I've gone for the two-time uh, champion in London the last two years, uh, Federer, to win the title. Catherine's gone for Andy Murray, who uh, had an injury last year, but uh, hopefully he's in much better shape this this year. So let us know what you think. Get us uh, your predictions. Uh, do what we've just done. Predict the results of all the matches. If somebody gets it 100% right, they get a signed program from all the players at the Statoil Masters Tennis. You could have John McEnroe's signature right in front of you on, on his page of the program. Uh, you could have uh, Goran Ivanisevic, Tim Henman, Pat Cash. We're, we'll, we'll see them all there. We'll get a signed program done. So if you get it right, you get what you deserve. And you know what? 
even if you don't get it right, but you beat everybody else, maybe we'll still still sort you one out. But uh, let us know your predictions at Tennis Podcast on Twitter. We are looking forward to a fantastic week of tennis at the O2 Arena, the ATP, the Barclays ATP World Tour Finals, to give it its correct name. I'll be there for BBC Radio 5 Live, and uh, we'll uh, be carrying live commentary on 5 Live Sports Extra of all of the singles matches um, over the course of the next week it's going to be a cracking week's entertainment i think if you've got a ticket it doesn't really matter which day you go you're going to get a great day's entertainment um it's it's one of the one of the best weeks of the year catherine it is it's chocker isn't it there's you're guaranteed no well pretty much guaranteed no bad matches you've got to be pretty unlucky uh to show up and uh see um tennis not of not of high quality um the doubles of course we did a whole podcast uh discussing uh how much how much more attention the doubles deserves and and how at the world tour finals perhaps it does get that that slightly uh, greater spotlight um and uh yeah i think it's going to be a, a cracker yeah we're looking forward to it we've uh, i've also been keeping an eye today catherine just as a final thought on a man who maybe one day will be among this group of of eight in the future jersey janovich mm. um who's reached the final in paris uh, beaten gilles simon today my first proper look at him and goodness me he hits the ball hard he's uh He's got a lovely drop shot. He just seems fearless. Beat Andy Murray earlier this week. This this guy's exciting. Yes, I. That's exactly the word, isn't it? Exciting. And as I keep saying, you know, we need. This is exactly what we need. We need some exciting players popping up out of nowhere and and looking like real prospects for the for the near future. You know, I'm not quite sure how how old is Yertsi Janovic. I'm not sure I, because I must admit that the, the name Lucas Russell sort of went through yeah. my head when I saw him playing, and I was thinking, you know, I haven't heard of Russell barely since then. But uh, I think this guy's a lot younger. I think he's early twenties, um, and um, you know, he 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 has a lot to his game. I was reading a couple of people on Twitter saying that they feel he's got more more upside to his game than Milos Raonic has, which I think is a really big thing to be saying. Wow, that's quite an endorsement, isn't it? It Very is. exciting I, I, for the game. I, I would I would add that it is only one tournament. He's earned more prize money this week than he has almost in his entire career, and uh, one tournament doesn't make a career. Uh, but certainly the ingredients are there. The ingredients are exciting, and uh, well, we hope to see more of him in the future. But. Um, that's it from here, us here on the Tennis Podcast. We look forward to following the uh, the scores and the matches with interest at the ATP World Tour Finals. I'll be there, as I said, for Five Live uh, on the BBC and uh, hope you'll be listening in to that. And after the tournament, of course, we'll be back here on the Tennis Podcast to review it all, to make fun of each other, depending on who's won and who's lost. Well, let's be honest, if I've lost, we might not be having a podcast because I, I might just run. Uh, but uh, no, I'll try to, to front up even if I get all of these predictions wrong. I hope you've enjoyed our preview of the ATP World Tour Finals and we'll speak to you soon. So those are our predictions. We've put our next on the line. Now it's your turn. Send in your predictions to us on Twitter at Tennis Podcast, but do make sure you've got thick skin because I might just read a few of them out next week. Until then, thanks for downloading the podcast. We'll be back next week with a full review of the tournament right here on the Tennis Podcast. Hey. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.